You're listening to the Soul Ties Podcast with Kenyon and Takara Martin, counselors, authors of the Soul Ties Detox, and founders of the Soul Ties Healthy Love Club. We bring awareness to toxic relationships, promote self-love for singles, and support strong, healthy relationships for couples. Here on the Soul Ties Podcast, we answer your questions. So join us weekly on Facebook Live, where we look forward to interacting with you live and on air. Do you have a burning question to send us? Then go to relationshipgoals.tv. That's relationshipgoals.tv. Now, let's get into today's episode. Um, this came from actually our Instagram DMs. If you're on Instagram and you're not following us, you might want to do that right now. Listen, Instagram has been going Poppin'. off. It's been going so, off. Seriously. Um, yeah, make sure you the get bananas. on there and follow us. Um, but we got a question from our DMs on Instagram. Um, and she says this. Hello, I have a confidential question. I believe I found your page through a sponsored ad and I love what you both teach. I am in a co-parenting relationship with a man I thought, in quotes, God told me was my husband. However, he states he doesn't want anything romantic, just raising our child. However, he does confusing things like text me daily, checking on me, then our child, invites me to his family gatherings like their annual Mother's Day trip, and then invites me to visit him to watch him speak, to stay in a hotel with him and our child. All of this is confusing and I approached him he said that he would now on handle our relationship professionally. I found freedom in that and no longer on the roller coaster ride. But when I asked him, did God tell him if I was his wife? Yes or no? He said, God told him to focus on himself, which has me doubting myself if I even know what God sounds like and ultimately upset because this man has rejected me time and time again. What podcast do you recommend for me? Okay, so I think one, I think during that um, there was a line there where someone had asked us a different question, and you recommended a podcast that uh, they could yes. go to, and because we have our different podcasts, so this person yes. hit us in a DM on a confidential level, just to request, well, what can I have of you? And what we're saying to you right now, if you're out there, you can have this. If you're on Apple or if you on uh, uh, Android, go to SoundCloud, but this is definitively for you. Now, one thing I want <clears throat> to be very careful of as we go into answering this, are you ready? Yes. Okay, I just didn't want to move too fast. As we go into answering this, I want to be careful because what she's doing, she's assessing her relationship or her ear to God. Yeah. And that is that is the crux of the problem. Um, not It's not the crux of the problem, but it's, it's a hard issue to feel like I invested myself into this situation. Yep. I went towards this situation. We even have a child together. And now I don't, and, and I'm do, I did that thinking that that was God. And now I don't even know if I hear him because now not only am I being hurt, not only am I being rejected, mm. not only am I being like buried under his mistreatment, mm. but now uh, not only am I being confused by his openness, but now I'm questioning myself of whether I hear or see God because this hurts. Mm -hmm. this, this is painful. Mm -hmm. 
and when we go into places of pain with God on our lips, we we tend to come out on the other side wondering if our faith is intact and our faith is, is correct. First, we start questioning our ears. Then we start questioning our faith. Then we start questioning God. Then we're like wondering why he let us do this. Yeah. So I think it's very important that we um, begin to, I when it comes to dating, we begin to set some ground rules. A lot of these ground rules reset in dating 101. I'm just going to be honest with yeah. you. I do not want to go through all that training right here, right now. But I can tell you this. One of the biggest ground rules is understanding our accountability and our responsibility to ourselves in dating. Yes. God is not your matchmaker. God does not make matches. There is nowhere where it has definitively been the case. Are there exceptions? Absolutely. But if we walk by scripture, there is nowhere where it's definitively been the case where God has become a matchmaker. And anywhere where it was close to that being the case, he was doing it for the preservation of the of Israel, of a nation, yes. and, and keeping them um, close to him rather than becoming a um, rather than uh, doing it for the sake of giving you who you want. So what happens in this circumstance here, here's what has happened. Oftentimes we, th we believe, and, and, and it's, it's okay. We believe that what we feel mm -hmm. is so strong that it must be God. Go ahead. Um, having grown up in a very charismatic movement of church, we have been taught to believe that everything about God is about feeling and it is about feeling good. Uh -huh. I feel it in my soul. It makes me feel happy. It makes me feel good. It must be God. Right. Absolutely. And so when you just said that, this is the reason why we tend to believe that good feelings in a person that we are dating means that it's God. That's not always the case. God has given us chemicals to make us feel good around people that we are attracted to, but we cannot say that things are God. And here's, and I, I don't want to jump too far ahead, mm -hmm. but when we put God at the forefront of the accountability of our relationship, and I know Kenya will get into this, but it removes, I might. I don't know. It, it removes our accountability for how we go about assessing that person moving forward. And so that's why we say, listen, nobody goes to bed when you get married with that person but you. Jesus is in that marriage as the, as the head of the household or as the head of the, the, the marriage. But in that bed is you and your spouse alone. God is not going to be that involved when it comes down to our choices. He is involved in our assessment based upon his design for a relationship and for salvation. Amen. And so here's the thing. It's not that he doesn't want to be involved. It's not that he does not want to help you out. But you have to understand that you're dealing with two people with two different frames of mind, two different wills, two different um two autonomous people choices who have free will. Mm -hmm. And so when you're dealing with two autonomous people who have free will, you can't depend on God to set that person on a path to you um, and, and or, or have made this person the one for you. This is your opportunity to use your relationship with God yes. and what you know and what you consist, what you continue to understand as a Christian character and you 
discern. The word discern is very important to you because in in one in in, in a few instances in the in the Word of God, at least in the Greek in the New mm-hmm. Testament, it's um it's uh only in a very few instances it's a spiritual thing, and more than a few instances it means to test, to see, to um to 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 make sure, mm-hmm. to try, and so your job in dating is to assess this person to see if they are what you want and if they're going in the direction in which you want it. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. In order to do that, you first need to know what direction you're going. You must first know what you want and what you need. And so what happens is we allow our attraction to take us over. We allow, number one, our hunger for relationship, and number two, our attraction to take us over so much that we believe that it is God in our spirit and it's really you You just hungry. Or, or another thirsty. word. <laughs> but no, but that's the case because we're all thirsty for relationship. Every, exactly. Anybody who's been with us on Periscope, you remember this. So, and this is very, very important because we believe that, well, I wouldn't want it so bad if God hadn't given, given it to me. Right. And that's just wrong. It, it's, a, it's a wrong insight simply because um, we can't allow our emotions to lead our spirituality. God changes. Your, your God doesn't change. God is um, immutable, what they say. Right. He, God does not change, but your emotions do. Our emotions are fickle. Our emotions change with the weather. If someone blows on us the wrong way, we might be upset. And then the next time we might love somebody. Yeah. Anybody ever been mad at somebody that they were dating, right? Hey, you ever been mad at somebody that you were dating or any of you, right, that you've been dating, uh-huh. that you are in love with and and, and, and you and, and they did something so despicable to you that you hated them. You went and told your family, you went and told your mom, you went and told your brothers, everybody's ready to beat them up. And then you turn around, fall back in love with them and your family's still stuck on. I'm going to kill this kid. Right. You see right. what I'm saying? Absolutely. That. So we can't depend on our feelings to lead us to where we want to go. Our feelings are great signals. Yes. They're great validation or verification points. Um, they're good for when we are in love. They're they're good for things. I'm not saying that, but they cannot lead. Okay. And I, yeah. I want this to be very clear because the crux of her situation is, did, am I hearing, do I have a problem hearing God? And to, to, to slice through all of the, Um, all of the talk yes but it's not because you have a problem hearing is what you're listening to it's what you're listening to i just i have go ahead go ahead baby go ahead because we 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 were talking about feelings and i think feelings obviously misled us and if we're listening to god our feelings misled us to sex yes prematurely Yes, we got we got a baby now. We we have a child now, so I we got a child. We got a plan. We we got our dream of a full family. We got we all these things going on, right? right? Right. And so again, when you logically step out, it's easy for us to say this, sweetie, because we're not in there with you right now. It's easy for us to give you advice on this because we have been there before. Yes. So um, I do not want my my sternness and my voice to come across like it's just easy. It is very much easier said than done, and I get that. What I want to tell you is that when you before you begin to question God and question your your faith in God and your ability to hear from God, you have to assess the situation outside of yourself. To be honest with you. If it was God, would 
we have had sex and had a baby. If it was God, would God really want me to be with somebody who lived a double life? When he's inviting you to speak in engagements, I don't know if he's going to speak for Toastmasters, for a church convention, or for a work convention. Let's see. Not sure. If it was God telling you that, as opposed to your feelings, would these things be in place that would have led you opposite of where God would want you to go? God cannot use lust to be a light in a, in a relationship. I got that from my pastor, Patricia Gregory, last year. That is not mine. But God will never use your lust to lead you to the light. So if that is the case, then you have to say, okay, realistically, let me be real with myself. Was it God or was it something that I was just feeling? Absolutely. Now, here's how we know that this wasn't God. Watch this. And, okay, let me just show you this. And then what I'll do is I'll move on to hit something that I believe, if I can remember, to hit something that I believe is a problem with all dating situations that we've run into. Mm -hmm. He rejected you. He told you that he didn't want a romantic relationship. Why didn't you believe him? Now, he did things he included you in things. He did, he did multiple things that looked like relationship to you. Why did it look like relationship to you? Why did it confuse you? Because this is what you wanted. Mm -hmm. See, when things look like what we want, when things look like what we hope for, we'll accept it for hope than for what it is. Right. But he's not lying to you. That's not the evidence of things not seen. You're supposed to be believing in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's telling you the truth. Trust him and what he's saying. And so what happens is now that he's invited you to these things, you're co-parenting. And, and, and in many cases, a person who's co-parenting and trying to include you is trying to do they're trying to do right by the child by keeping the parents at least amicable, but they're also, they, I don't know what the relationship is. We didn't ask you, but it's a guy. He might be, he might, might know you open. So he might know that at the end of the day or any of these uh, visiting moments, he might be able to get him some. I don't right. know. Right, right, right. I don't know what level it is, but understand when he says he doesn't want the romance part of it. He don't want it. And here's what he did. He said, okay, I'm gonna keep it professional. Since you can't handle the presence I'm going to take this presence away. Mm -hmm. So he's told you in three different iterations that this is not what I want. I have chosen. I have spoken. And so if he has chosen and he has spoken, then there's nothing to be confused about if you've listened. What you're listening to is what you hope for, but you're not listening to what is. And what we ask people to do when they're in these type of situations is, number one, be honest with themselves about what they see. Yes. Then be honest with the set with themselves about what they're getting. Then be honest with themselves about what that person is saying in their words and in their behavior. When words and behavior match up, like a person could say, I love you all day long. If that behavior doesn't match up and that, but that behavior does match up to what he's saying, he's disgusted with you, then that's him or her. Yes. Okay. This, in this case, we're talking about him words and behavior matched up. That's the truth of the situation. That's what you need to listen to. Ladies, this is why we are such advocates of healthy love. It's not because we men bash and we want you to say that men ain't no good go. um, or anything like that. When we talk about healthy love, we have to get to a better understanding of what love looks like and what love feels like, okay? And so when we get into these relationships, a lot of times many of us do not have a healthy example of what healthy love is supposed to look like and feel like. And all we know is sex. 
All we know is how they make us feel intimately. And because we confuse intimate connection with healthy love, we allow our feelings and our places and our moments of intimacy to define that relationship. When in reality, your intimacy is the most sacred part of you and it should be reserved for later on. But because we do not have these healthy examples, we allow our intimacy to lead us into these situations and keep us in situations of hope. Because if we're honest, the only time we feel loved by them is when we're having sex with them. The only times we feel accepted by them is when we're naked with them. The only times that we feel like we are theirs and theirs alone is when we are alone in the dark with them. And that's it. And if you have to keep chasing that to feel loved by them, you have to realize that, baby, that's not love. Right, right. Stop giving people some because it looks like uh, what you want. Mm -hmm. You have to get to a point especially in dating where you are verifying, assessing, verifying that it is who and what you want. And they will verify it by staying consistent, staying there and progressing on towards the next step of your, of your mission towards marriage or whatever your mission, mission is in dating. Another issue is, is that we invest when you're dating, you're investing into dating like it's a marriage. So you're trying to make it work. You're trying to be there to make it work. You're trying to, um, well, what do I have to do? You're, you're in a sense going through some level of submission or some level of long suffering. All these different levels that a wife is going through that is not your place to go through. All you're supposed to do is drop the handkerchief, see if the sucker picks it up. If he picks it up, see how he carries it and bring it back to you. And if he brings it back clean or dirty. And then you then you watch him after that. You make sure that he's worthy of your presence. Okay? Same with guys. Same with guys. But because we're talking about a girl, we wanna, we wanna, we wanna uh, stay on here. Stop marrying who you're dating, or you're going to end up needing a divorce, a one-sided divorce, and that's an emotional divorce. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. You had a um, yeah. I had a couple questions. So okay. So I hope that I hope that answers that. I um, think ultimately, in a soft way, it's not that you didn't hear the Lord, and we appreciate you loving and praying, and we appreciate your effort. But um, stop waiting on feelings and start looking at the looking at the word spending more time in the word instead of in emotions yeah um another thing that i will advise you to do is because what typically happens and my husband was just counseling somebody on this um earlier this week um a lot of times they'll say okay cool professional that's how you want it understand that they saw a need in you for that emotional fulfillment so they kept stringing you along there as well absolutely what people in these situations tend to do I'm not going to just say men but I will say what he's done here what he could have done is removed all of himself from you punitively um, in order to get you to now chase after him what did I do what can I do you already went back to him and said did God tell you that I was your wife that sort of thing is used also punitively to get you running back after them So what I will tell you is, is that if he has said, I am number one, um, I'm focused on me. He said what he's focused on. Anything that you give him after this point where he's told you exactly who he is, shown you exactly what he's wanted is now you giving him basically what he's focused on, everything that he wants for himself. That's number one. Number two, he gave you an out. It's going to hurt. Being over with it and now having a child and having it be done, honestly, is the easy part. 
learning to move forward without them, learning to wake up every day without them checking on you, mm. learning to be able to walk through life without wondering, okay, was it me? What did I do wrong? What could I do differently? And all yeah. of that, that's gonna be the hardest part after this. That is going to be where you need to focus your time on attention from here. Find you a friend. Go through the Soul Ties Detox and do it with a friend and get you a support system. Um, we're here for you. Connect with us um, in the Healthy Love Club. But the thing is, is that this here has given you an out. And what we do not want you to do is begin to loathe yourself, despise yourself, feel sorry for yourself in such in such a way that it causes you to go back that direction. Don't do that. Says he gave you an out. It's time to begin to walk it out. So get out. <laughs> That one tear and so good. It, it was uh, Kiosha. Um, yeah. So her question, you already have it up. I have it up because it looks like you had it uh, pinned. I and, did and have it pinned for a second. Yep. You want me to read it? Yeah. Go ahead. My kids now live with their dad. Their dad married the woman he was cheating on me with in our marriage. I can never be this woman's friend. Am I wrong? Hey, y'all. Takara here. Are you enjoying this? Are you listening to us in your headphones right now and saying, oh my God, yes, that's me? Well, guess what? The Soul Ties Detox course is now available in the Soul Ties Healthy Love Club. When you become a member, you not only get access to the course, but you'll also get the Soul Ties Detox book for free. So you can jump right on in Netflix style and get on your journey to healing from heartbreak to wholeness. There's other stuff in there too, but we just wanted to let you know that if you need some help right now, beginning your journey to healing, the Soul Ties Detox course is available for you. So go ahead, visit thehealthyloveclub.com and join today. That's thehealthyloveclub.com and get in there and start on your journey to freedom. No. No, you're okay. So here's the thing, Kiosha. There's a couple things we need to go through here. Um, and I don't know how long they've been married. I don't know what's going on here. Mm -hmm. Um, because we know that this woman knew he was married, right? Mm -hmm. Or, or, or I guess I could ask: Did he know? She, uh, did she know he was married? Nine times out of ten, she does know he was married. Um, and so she betrayed you. And not in the sense that she betrayed your trust because it was he who betrayed your trust, but she just disrespected you. Yeah. And because she disrespected you, she not only disrespected you, she embarrassed you because and humiliated you simply because there is a place where in a relationship where no one should ever go. And if someone goes there, if someone outside of our relationship goes there uh, or comes after her, then they're disrespecting me knowing that I'm standing there. Yes. That That's that's. That's some hands, and we're not talking about holy hands. You you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, and she Somebody, said he married her six months after our divorce was final. Oh well, yeah, absolutely, because he was she was there. She had been there the whole time. He obviously. had to. She probably gonna kill him. Like that's one thing about that mistress. Yeah, she ain't yeah. playing. But but here's where I want to go <laughs> with this because this is very important for you. You do have to forgive her now. Uh huh. Now. I'm waiting forgiveness for does not designate re reconciliation right forgiveness doesn't say that you have to have a reconciled relationship 
Forgiveness says that she owes me nothing. Forgiveness is a forgiveness of debt. Someone came into your store and stole money out of your cash register. Yeah. And, you know, your employee let that person in. Mm -hmm. Okay. The employee is fired. That person is gone. We wish we could call the cops, but unfortunately we can't. We leave that to God. What you can do is say, you know what? This money out of my cash register is not worth my piece. You let it go. You write that off. Now their debt is forgive. Forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. That mm. debt is forgiven. Does Now, just because that debt is forgiven, does that mean that you no longer have the loss? No. That loss is still there. Does that mean you no longer have to work a little bit harder in order to pay the bills that that debt would have paid? No, that no longer that that still you still have the same bills. So there's still pain there. There's still hurt there. There's still emptiness there. All you said is, you know what? I'm going this way with that. I'm going to handle let God handle that. I will pray myself through that. I will heal through that. But you are not allowed in my midst. Why? Why are they not allowed in my midst? Because I cannot trust them. I do if, not trust them. If they disrespected me and disregarded me in a secret way when I didn't know, I will not put myself in a position to allow you close to me and to know you. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Um. Because she mentioned they were married for 10 years. They had a home. They had three children. Uh -huh. um, I would I would venture to say, Kiosha, correct me if I'm wrong, that it's not even just about being friends with her. It's also getting over the fact that this person is a symbol of your life being torn apart. And when when you have a history like that with someone, only for them to toss it away and throw it away, after 10 years and then six months later begin a new life and a new marriage with somebody else. Right. That hurts. Yes. So part of forgiving her begins with number one, something that Kenyon always says, telling yourself that you are not responsible for his choices and him leaving you was not your fault. Don't believe his behavior. Do not believe his behavior and do not believe what your heart is telling you that it says about you. Exactly. That's exactly. Um, I, and I, I really think that's important for you to get here. I think before you get to forgiving her, you've got to jump to the point of where you forgive, um, him first. Um, and then you got to work through to her. I feel I can't, I can't just jump through and forgive her and, and I still want to kill him. Like, that's just me. I don't know if that's <laughs> you. That's me. Both of y'all really might be dead if it was me. All I'm saying is if honestly start with healing, healing you where you are right now. Then you begin to work on the consistent process of forgiving him. Then you can then begin to move to her. It is not going to happen overnight. And we can shout forgive all day long, but it does not happen overnight. It is a consistent daily process and a choice that you must make that you no longer owe me nothing every single day. Amen. Start there, but start by getting healed for you um, and understanding you're not at fault in this at all, and then begin to move forward. Excellent. Excellent. Oh, Aquivia said, drop the link to the Sultai's Detox. Uh, can you put that in there for me, please? Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, and then we had another question. I, I, I saved it as well. 
Okay. Um, let's. Was it? Let me see here. Charlotte. I, Charlotte. I was looking at that. Do you want me to read that, or you yeah, want to read that? Yeah, go ahead and read that. Okay. Thank you. So, how we? If we didn't answer that, just ask us what part of that we didn't answer, and then we'll get back to that, Kiosha. Um, Charlotte, I am single, and when I became single, I decided I would be single um, till I felt uh, until I felt peace. A man who had a huge role in my finding God recently came back into my life. However, some things don't add up. My question is, how do I express that I don't agree with his line of thinking when it comes to God? I do care very much about him, and I don't want to hurt his heart. However, as a woman of God, I should not be silenced. Mm. Do you want to start, or do you want me to? Uh... Um, you, you go ahead and go there. I'll begin by this. Never park at stop signs. Sometimes people come into our lives to do great things for us, and that's just about it. That's their job, and they're not, um, they're not equipped to do anything else or take us into the next place uh, or into the next, the, to the next level or, as some folks say, the next season, whatever the case may be. I try not to go into Christianese. Here's the thing. You like him. You're attracted to him. Mm -hmm. Be careful of why you're attracted, attracted to him. Many people are attracted to people who save them. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. Many people are attracted to the person who pulled them out of the fire or or led them to um, the gold or led them to the thing that changed their lives. And, and so you want to be careful with that. There's value in that. We appreciate that. And it's a good friendship. Now that you don't agree with what he has, it's okay to not agree with what he, you're not married to this guy. You're only, a pre, you're only like him and you only have him as a prospect of dating partner if you're not dating him already. If you don't like how he thinks, thinks no you should not be silenced because you're not obligated to be silent mm -hmm. you can have a conversation with him a good adult conversation and see where he's coming from perhaps he's right perhaps he's wrong but you both need to go to come together look in the bible and have this conversation now when you have this theological conversation don't let it be a conversation that determines whether you're going to pursue a relationship with him let it be a theological conversation about this and this alone and decide whether you're going to pursue a relationship later your pursuit of relationship should not just be about theology but it should be about his character it should be about who he is what he does where he's consistent at how he handles bad times how he handles good times how he's able to handle you and all those different things it takes about six to nine months maybe a year to kind of figure out where he's at and all those things if you already know exactly what you want but have that conversation to answer your question no you shouldn't be silent you're absolutely right go ahead babe you shouldn't be silenced. However, you also shouldn't try to be his savior either. Um, I think as a woman of God, absolutely. Oh, you, she's not dating. So that's good. Yes. But you like him. But we know you like him. Yeah. If he's recently come back into your life, there, it wouldn't bother you as much if you didn't like him. I would I would venture to say if you disagree with his theology and how he views God um, and the conversation comes up, I think there's a way that we. Tend, we can be dogmatic about how we go after people um, with what they believe and, and what and what is I say listen pray for him even pray with him if he lets you but at some point you have to leave him to whatever his beliefs are otherwise we become um, 
again, dogmatic. We try to save them and we feel like it's our, op- our obligation to do that. Because he did something for you and led you to Christ, you feel like you have an obligation. Disagree with them, but if it's not going to go into a marital situation, I think you should leave him where he is after once you've had that conversation. If you um, want the conversation. Yeah, if you want it. I feel like Jesus is free. He, in, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, babe. I'm sorry. I, I just, I'm just like, hey, look, Jesus is free. Just yeah. because somebody introduced you to that thing doesn't mean that you're obligated to repay them with anything. It It is attractive. It is very attractive. Any man who's going to lead you is going to be attractive. And where he's going to lead you is going to be attractive. Um, But that doesn't mean that you cannot question him. Where does that come out at? Listen, you submit to your husband. And, Thank and, and you. that's it. And if it's leading to a situation, and those were anybody who's dating someone and you don't necessarily agree with their g- theology, maybe they don't go to church as much as you like to, maybe they don't pray or whatever like that, understand that there's nothing that, you- yes, a, a husband can be sanctified by his wife. Let's, but as in a dating relationship, you should not depend on that. You should not rely on that. You should be looking at where he is spiritually right now. And say where this person is right now, are they capable of leading me and my household in God, in my marriage and and keeping us safe spiritually and washing me in the word? If not, take a step back. Hey, listen, I love Jesus. You love Jesus. I'm going to just be we're going to be all right and go the opposite direction and just, you know, absolutely. Brother, sister, Holy Ghost hug. <laughs> Give them the side hug. Always the side. Yeah, hug. that side hug. Or that 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 in between like 12 feet, 12 inches in between hug. Yeah. Yeah, and so we've with got, the pat. And with that little bit of pat. Um, we've got a couple more questions. I don't go know ahead. if you saw Jazzy. I did see Jazzy, but I wasn't able to catch it. It's, it's going too fast for me. I'm glad you're there. I got it. So she said, my ex was abusive for 13 years. When I decided to divorce, he said he would make my life hell. It has been 10 years and he has tried everything. I'm in court like every three months. He tries to prove I'm a bad mother. If I can't make it for the weekend exchange because my baby is in and out of the hospital for seizures, I beg him for mercy. I have prayed and prayed that God will handle him. Nothing. Can I start? Go ahead, babe. Um, Having been married to and even divorcing um, narcissistic, abusive people, understand that there are two things that you need. Um. I would say if you can afford it, if your job affords you this EAP programs or going to a licensed clinical counselor or therapist, couple of reasons why you need to do this. Number one, you need to document the abuse that you underwent. You also need to just be able to get this out and have somebody, a professional tell you that you are not crazy, Jazzy. You are not crazy. Okay, so that's number one. The reason why I want you to do that, Jazzy, is because As you begin to go to court and as you're documenting what he does to you in text messages, as you're documenting the manipulation that he has, you now can have an advocate, a mental health advocate that will say this person is manipulating the court. This person is wasting the court's time because this is what their history is. This is what the pattern is that I need you to have that. Then what I need you to do if you have an attorney I actually literally found an attorney that specializes in dealing with abusive spouses and abusive exes. If you can find one, because at that point, then you can begin to have an attorney begin to squash things before you even have to go to court. 
it can be costly and having a sick child i can't even imagine but all i mean there's legal aid sometimes they can provide counsel for you as well but i think from a very practical side before we step into the emotional side and even you know the spiritual side of things you need to have an advocate on your side coming out of an abusive relationship and you have not been able to allow yourself to heal is wearing on you already if you have not if you have not already been to therapy it's already wearing you down put that with a sick child and a man who has made it his life mission to make your life hell weighs on you all together as well i need you to get you some advocates in this right now and i'm gonna let kenyan jump in and start with the emotional side of things and, and you're gonna plug that in i'm gonna huh? plug there in my go. computer <laughs> yes um, on, on, well, not necessarily, the, I think you touched very well on the emotional side of things. And I know that's a lot of resources that you're, or tools we're, we're call, calling you to reach out to or to go out for, and that takes resources. Um, one of the other things that I would recommend, if you have, um, if you have alternatives, uh, here's what I mean by that. If you can't do something or if you can't be in the right place at the right time you might want to if you have a friend family or someone who can act as a third party mediator who can actually reach out and do those things that you can't do when you need them there are people in your is there someone in your circle who prays for you is there someone who's in your circle who has your back is there someone in your circle who can run for you when you can't run for yourself when you're dealing with someone like this when you're dealing with someone who is intensely uh, antagonistic what you want to do is you want to make sure that you have backup plans upon backup backup plans you want to have a plan b c and d so that you can make sure that whatever happens you've done what you're supposed to do mm -hmm. um or you're done what they're trying to keep you from doing um you also want to keep a, a documentation anytime they text you or curses curse you out or whatever the case may be um, slim down your interaction to text so everything can be in written format exactly um, so that any any interaction um, going either way especially around your children or child you want to make sure that you have a great interaction but at the same time you want to make sure that you're asking specific questions and getting answers and if they refuse to answer then they're refusing to um, uh, abide by whatever rules or whatever visitation set up or measures that you've already has uh, that you already have in place you want to keep a running record this is I know exhausting but the only way that he's exhausting himself the only thing that's fueling him is his anger the only thing that's fueling him is his, is his wrath his wrath is giving him the energy to move forward and continue to pounce on you and so you're going to have to just dredge up the energy or dredge up the energy in mm -hmm. order to fight this to um, to uh, keep documentation and to make sure that you have uh, what you need as you move forward. But Takar, all the resources that she gave you are very good. So go ahead and begin that kind of research as well. And I think as far as God is concerned, because she says she asked God to help and, and nothing, right? Uh -huh. um, and I, I do not want you to lose your faith in God. Right. Don't lose your faith in God. Go ahead. No, you go. Say what you're going to say. No, but no, because I want you to say it because I'm, I might say it first. <laughs> go say it. Say I it. might. I, I don't want you to lose your faith in God, but I believe sincerely that that people when we pray many times for God to change the heart or the will of another person, that person has to be open to God changing the will in their heart of them. Yes. Um, when God delivered the children of Israel from Pharaoh 
at one point Pharaoh said, cool, go ahead. But at some point God just had to like literally make a way for, uh, for them to escape because he could not change Pharaoh's mind for him. So he made a way of escape for them. So as it pertains to God doing something to this person, listen, (laughs) we can pray, you know, that God get it, let him get hit by a bus that, you know what I mean? But like, you can pray that all you want to, but ultimately there, the reason why I gave you practical steps is because God is not going to override the will of that man. God is going to help you work with you. And even if you have to find resources, free resources, even to help you, that's where your prayer should be. Your prayer should be for the strength of your babies. Prayers for healing of your babies. Pray for your strength and your even Lord sharpen my thought processing so I know how to deal with him in a smarter and better way. Sharpen who I am so that I am no longer manipulated by him. Sharpen my spirit so that I no longer fear him. I know that he cannot do anything to me anymore. He can no longer touch me anymore. If you feel like he is trying to, they'll escalate that and get your restraining order. But you begin to pray prayers of strength for you because ultimately you are going to be the one that God is going to carry through and make a way of escape for not him at this point. Absolutely. You need deliverance. You can't change Pharaoh. So you need deliverance. And we understand he brings his wife to court and, and all of that is about uh, antagonizing you. Mm-hmm. He'll bring whoever he needs to bring to court. Hey, I know brothers who bring their mama to court just to, because that mama antagonized the daughter yes. or the ex daughter-in-law or whatever the case may be. Listen, they're going to do whatever they can to, get under your skin so what you're going to have to do is have thicker skin you're going to have to and 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 i'm not saying be insensitive what i'm saying is hey listen this is his disposition this is what he's trying to do i can't let that bother me Mm -hmm. you again you might be hurt because of the pain that in which you came out of that situation with i can't let that bother me you need deliverance in deliverance especially from him yes you understand what i'm saying so that's good i, I knew you was going to go there that's why i was like you go <laughs> i just want to make sure so we have another question natasha says i have a question hi when, natasha hi natasha when do you tell a person that you are celibate before the dating begins after you start dating a person i am committed to this but i want to know when should i tell a guy that i'm committed to celibacy until marriage when they start feeling in your leg you're like uh-uh no. <laughs> you start trying to touch your booty no uh, uh-uh we're not doing this um you go it's it, it, i think it should be a normal organic conversation it, it should be one of those conversations where you fill in each other and if you fill in each other um and, and you're moving forward now here's the thing mm-hmm. when you tell them you have to you have to uh record the response are they disgusted by it are they going to continue to try it and, and disregard it? Or are they going to continue be or are they going to just be blatantly disrespectful to you? Or are they going to receive it and accept it and move on? That's very important because here's the problem. This is where you get pressure. If you are afraid that someone won't move forward with you because you're not giving him none, then what you're doing is you're giving him all the power. Mm-hmm. Instead, you should be saying, oh, this is who you are. Well, I'm, I'm glad I didn't invest that anyway. You need to be a very ready to say not for me next. You need to be very ready for that. Um, just let it be a, a regular conversation. Hey, look, I'm attracted to you. I, I'm digging you. Um, I'm on fire every now and then. But listen, hey, 
I've determined that the person who has me totally and full me will earn me totally and full me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not going to do this. I want you. <laughs> I, I, I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. Do not. <laughs> I want you. <laughs> I seize you. I like you. And, and I, I want you. <laughs> Listen, it, 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 it's very important. Just because you're saying no to sex doesn't mean you're saying no to them. A man needs to know that he's wanted. And, and, and it's okay. And a good gentleman will be okay. He'll say, okay, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. But mm-hmm. the idea is, listen, I nobody, nobody dates anyone they're not attracted to. Right. Nobody dates anyone they're, uh, sex, they're not sexually attracted to. This is a real conversation. Right. So have it. Hey, listen, I like you. I dig you. I want you. You smoking hot. But today we not cooking. And so I just need to see a little bit more before we get into that particular circumstance. And a little bit more means let's just don't you don't even have to say I need to see a ring. You, you say let's just date and see where this goes. And during that process, you're you're also uh, assessing the rest of his character, yes. how he handles other things, how he handles you, how he handles other people, what's going on in his background. Yeah. You're trying to figure out whether he's worth that lifetime investment. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think you and, and she already said she's not afraid of that. So, yeah, you're not afraid of rejection. You're not afraid if they say no and run the opposite direction. She, I think if you wear it. Tasha knows she fly. If you if fly you if you wear celibacy on your sleeve, like, well, I'm celibate and ain't nobody getting in this and all that. I think um, Melissa Fredericks actually said something that where, you know, her celibacy, her purity became her brand. Right. If you right. wear it like it's a brand, you're going to keep running up against people who want to essentially topple that brand on over. I think if you begin to carry yourself in a way where, number one, you begin to attract like-minded people. Right. You're always going to get the frogs in there. But you want to also begin to just carry yourself in a way and, and even connect in certain circles where you can connect with people that have those same ideas in mind. And listen, it's not always just the church that you go to. Um, but I want you to also just begin to make it something that, like Ken, you said, is organic. If you're constantly thinking, but I'm celibate, nobody's going to want me, you're going to project you're celibate and nobody's going to want you. If you seriously walk around and be like just wondering, okay, when should I bring it up? When should I bring it up? You have nice teeth. Oh, my God. I love the way you look. I'm celibate. <laughs> you, That's not going to go over too it's well. It's not going to go over too well. You want to begin, and I'm because we're, we're teaching this and dating one-on-one in the Healthy Love Club, but you want to begin by first finding out who they are and where they're going because you don't want sex to be the topic of it either. Right, right, who they right, are, right. what they want, what they're looking for, and just make it a part of the conversation. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Soul Ties podcast, recorded live on Facebook and distributed to iTunes and SoundCloud. Now, if you're on iTunes, we can't grow without you. So help spread the love, rate us, leave a review and share your favorite episodes. And don't forget to subscribe to the Soul Ties podcast so you won't miss any future topics or your questions being answered. Do you have questions that you want us to answer? Just visit relationshipgoals.tv. That's relationshipgoals, all one word, dot TV. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Soul Ties podcast. We hope you enjoyed the program.